0: Through his chair, are across the free throw line. Not going to, so going to
1: you, what is up, guys? You're listening to Back Pro Sports. I'm your host, Wes Medares. Yo, all we got a lot to get into this week. There's been some news that broke today, some news that broke yesterday, and some games we got to get into. But before we get started, y'all, I am joined by a very special guest, my buddy, Tyler Crowder, host of Kicking It With Crowder. Tyler, how you doing today, man?
0: Wes, man, I'm good. Thank you so much for having
1: me on tonight. I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming, for sure. So, let people know a little bit about your podcast, how you got it going, and where they can find you at.
0: Yeah, so um, you know, I, I had talked about the podcast for a while. and um, I'm a real big sports fan, and um, I just a uh, couple couple days. I've been doing it for now about 70 episodes or so. So um, before the 2019 season started, I went out and bought some equipment and Heisman all that. So. Went out bought the, all the equipment. Kind of was green when I first started, but I've I learned a lot, met a lot of interesting people. Um, I do a radio podcast uh, with Fox Fox Sports 1400 in South Carolina. I do a, a weekly spot with my buddy Rob Sanders. Um, so, and I've also been able to meet you know a lot of new people and uh, kind of get my brand out there. And uh, it's going good, man. I really enjoy, uh, really enjoy sports, really enjoy football. Uh, started out as really a football podcast, but. I do talk other sports now, so um, it's really fun. I really enjoy it, um, and I enjoy going on other people's shows and picking games and all that stuff, so I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can definitely feel you on that one. You know, I came on yours earlier in the year, you know, pretty much same thing. Enjoy talking sports and, you know, figure why not get it out there? Why not have some fun with it? So Yeah, exactly, yep. I'm mainly – I've changed it. I'm mainly into you know college college athletics now. But you're a big Florida State fan. Huge. What do you think is going to happen with Florida State next year? Do you think they're able to turn the tides next year? And you know Mike Norvell able to turn that team around?
0: Man, at this point, right now, how we sit currently, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see how right now. I mean, from where Florida State was at four or five years ago to where they're at now, I mean, let's just be honest. Florida State's a basketball school right now; <laughs> they're not a football school, and it's been tough. I mean, I, I I do like some other teams now way more than I used to. Like I, I I root for Georgia a little bit. I like to watch the Bulldogs. I like Kirby Smart, so I do I do kind of have some other teams that when I you asked me five ten years ago, it was just Florida State. That was it, but. Now, just being a fan of college football, it's kind of hard for me just to root for one team since I cover, I try to cover, uh, you know, SEC, ACC, all that. So I just, I really don't think, I'm not sure Mike Bell's the answer either, and uh, Willie, Willie Taggart wasn't the answer, and I'm not sure if uh, if the coach right now, is even, you know, he could be an assistant coach somewhere right now. I mean, I don't know what the answer is for Florida State. They're down right now. Their boosters are down. It's been a terrible season again. And just from where they were with Jimbo Fisher to where they are now, it's just unbelievable. And I don't know when 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 that turnaround is coming. Uh, you know, basically, I talked a lot when they were good. Uh, but when they're bad, you really, I don't have anything to talk about. So I just kind of stay quiet <laughs> on the subject. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, I understand that. So next uh, next Sunday, I believe the selection committee is coming out with the final playoff rankings. Who is your final four, and who is your team to win the national championship game?
0: Yeah. So uh, actually, before the season started, Wes, I, I had I picked Alabama to win the national championship. That was my pick. I had uh, I had the Alabama Clemson rematch, uh, and then I had Alabama taking the championship. So right now. My national championship pick is still alive. Uh, <laughs> Alabama would st- would be my pick still right now. Uh, just what they're able to do on the offensive side of the ball with Mac Jones and Devonte Smith and Najee Harris. I mean, those three—they have a three-headed monster attack. And then on defense, you know, they're led by probably the, my my number one corner uh, going into the draft next year, Patrick Sertain uh, Jr. And then Dylan Moses, a guy who it was was kind of injured in the. I know, coming off an ACL injury earlier in the year, and what he's able to bring to that off uh, to that defense, I'm sorry. And I just like Alabama, man. I I, I knew when they missed the playoff last year, Alabama was going to be ready to roll this year. And then another thing with this pandemic, you know, they have the best leader in all of college sports, in my opinion, in Nick Saban. So yeah. that's a that's a, a, a gives them an advantage. And uh, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm still going Alabama number one. Uh, I think Clemson will defeat Notre Dame in the the championship next week. So I'll go Clemson, two, And then um, I'm going to probably go Ohio State. I know a lot of people don't want to see Ohio State in there, but I'm just going off of eye talent, like the eye test, like the people talk about a lot. I think that Ohio State is one of the top four talented teams now, most talented teams. Now, do they deserve it or do they, you know, do they – uh, are they definitely going to get in? No, but I think that they're they're going to be able to compete with an Alabama, a Clemson, uh, a lot better than some of these other teams would. And then for my fourth seed, I, as long as Notre Dame doesn't get blown out by Clemson, I think that Notre Dame has done enough to probably get in with the committee. So um, i will probably go Notre Dame at four. Uh, but if Florida were somehow to beat Alabama, I think – they would get in and Alabama would slide, you know, be the four seed or something like that. So, I mean, it's, I I can't really answer that right now, Wes, because I haven't seen what's been going. I don't know what's going on next week in the championship games, but right now, if I had to pick uh, my, my top, my matchups would be Alabama, Notre Dame in the first game, uh, one first four, and then I'll, I'll go Clemson, uh, Ohio state in the two, three matchup. So Alabama would be my pick to win the national championship. And that, that was my pick earlier on the season, and that's the that's I'm
1: I'm staying, sticking with it right hey, now. You're still alive. That's all that matters. So later on in the episode, yeah. I'm gonna have my rant on um, the Big Ten in Ohio State. Yeah, which that's gonna that we'll we'll all hear it later. So yeah,
0: well, well, here's my thing on that list too. <laughs> I, I can't really blame Ohio State, man. I'm blaming the Big Ten on yeah. this one. Yep, it's the Big Ten's fault. I mean. They're the ones that, that 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 try to you know they say hey we're not going to have a season and then everyone else was like well we're still going to have a season yeah and then they waited all this time and uh, they waited all this time and then they they waited six weeks and they had then they're going to start their season then they make this dumb rule <laughs> about you have to play six games and they're the ones who made the rule. And then now they're changing the rules. So it's just like, what is up with the Big Ten? They've dropped the ball in multiple multiple spots. But I'm not gonna really blame Ohio State no. for that. And I just and I just know they have Justin Fields at quarterback. And I, I see some of these playmakers they have on the outside and I see their defense and I just watch them and I just think they're one of the top four teams in the country. Do they deserve it? Maybe not. But if you're gonna put one of the the four best teams in, I think you got to put Ohio State in there. If you're going off the best four teams,
1: yeah, you, you can say that. So later on in the episode, I'm gonna co- gonna cover a couple games. Before I let you go, I want you to you know tell me your picks on who, who you like in these games. So Virginia, Virginia okay. Tech, who you got?
0: All right, so these are straight up correct. Straight up, straight yeah. Straight up
1: picks. Straight up. Okay, awesome. So uh, I will go. Uh, This is a
0: tough one right here. Virginia, Virginia Tech, I think these are two Evelyn match teams. Uh, I watched uh, Virginia Tech play last week against Clemson. They have a very talented running back. Not sure who the quarterback will be playing this weekend, but I'll go Virginia Tech in that matchup versus the Cavaliers this weekend.
1: All right. Well, you got Miami, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I'm going to roll with North Carolina on this one. Uh, For one thing, I'm a Florida State fan, so I can never pick Miami. (laughs) And then another thing, uh, I really like Sam Howell, the quarterback at North Carolina. He's putting up uh, great numbers. If this North Carolina defense can keep Derek Derek King under control, I think that
1: uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think I'll take North Carolina in this game. All right, all right. Battle of L.A., USC and UCLA, who you got?
0: I'm taking USC on this one. Keaton Slovis, the quarterback uh, out of uh, out of Southern California. Uh, I just I think he's going to be the best player on the field uh, this weekend. And UCLA, Chip Kelly, they have made improvements this year, but I don't think they're there yet. I'll take the I'll take uh, Southern Cal on that one. All
1: right, and our last game, America's game, Navy and Army.
0: Yes. So uh, I will not disappoint you with this pick right here. Wes. <laughs> um, I, For one thing, Jeff Munkin, who is the head coach at Army, was the head coach at Georgia Southern when I was there. I met the guy, interviewed him uh, for a class. He's a a stand-up guy. Uh, I love uh, that he brought a bunch of those coaches with him to Army from Georgia Southern. So that alone will make me pick Army. But I would never pick Navy coming on your show either, man. So (laughs) I will go Army. And uh, so I'll go Army. I'll go UNC. I'll go Virginia Tech and USC. All right. Those
1: are my four picks for you. All right, I like it, I like it. Tyler, I want to thank you again for joining me tonight, taking some time out of your night to come on the show. It's been fun. I'll see if we can't get you on again sometime.
0: Oh, yeah, man, anytime. I'm always down to come on the show, man. Thank you so much for the invite, man, and uh, y'all have a good weekend. And uh, I know you're going, to, you're going to be at College Game Day, so that's right. exciting stuff, man. I'll be looking out for
1: you. All right, man, I'll talk to you later. All
0: right, brother, thanks, Wes. I
1: right, see. All right, y'all, that was my interview with Tyler Crowder. Like I said earlier, host of in It with Crowder. You can find him on any platform, podcast on any platform. Good podcast, good guy. Knows his stuff, man. But let's get rolling. We got some news we got to get into today, some breaking news out of the SEC. Broke about 6 o'clock or so. Greg Sankey had a press conference. The SEC has reached a 10-year deal with ESPN and its umbrella network. So that means the SEC, starting in 2024, will be on ESPN, exclusively on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Plus, and all the other umbrella networks that fall under ESPN. So you'll even see some football games on Disney Plus. Who knows? But guys, that is a big deal. No more Gary Danielson. No more CBS, starting in 2024. I'm excited to see what comes out of this. The revenue that's going to come out of this, I feel like would be more for the SEC than what they have with CBS. So we'll we'll see how what happens in 2024 and on to, I think, like 2036, I believe, is the contract, 2034, somewhere around there, is when the contract will end. So a 10-year deal with ESPN and its Umbrella Networks. So as I mentioned earlier in my interview with Tyler... They're, the Big Ten has I don't even know how to put it into words so the Big Ten came up with a rule that you have to play a minimum of six games to play for their conference championship game. Well with Ohio State and Michigan being cancelled this weekend due to COVID protocols in the Michigan um, program they they're only playing five games so the Big Ten came out and was like, hey, this is our only shot to make the the college football playoffs, so let's, let's change the rule. Let's bend the rule to where, okay, you don't have to play six games to give Ohio State a shot at the title. Like Tyler mentioned earlier, the Big Ten decided to come out and be the first conference like, oh, we're not going to have a season. All the other conferences were like, hey, screw you, we're playing, and we don't give a crap what you say. Like, we're going to play, and they're like, oh. Shit. Well, now we're the only covers out playing. They started six weeks late. Six weeks late. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. Started six weeks late. Then they made the rule about having to play six games. That gets nixed. And now Ohio State is able to play in the title game against Northwestern. Big Ten, what in the hell are y'all doing? You can't keep doing this. You tried to be... The big dog and try to run the other conferences, shot yourselves in the foot. Once again, try to be the big dog and make rules, shot yourself in the foot, and now you're like, oh, shit. Now we got to change our rules and get it to where Ohio State is our only shot at making it to the playoffs, so we got to add them. Like, come on, man. Come on. It's, it's ridiculous what y'all are doing over there. It needs – Big Ten needs to figure something out and get with the program. But going off of that, let's go over to the SEC. A lot of people that listen to this, I'm sure, are in SEC country because that's where I'm from. That's where a lot of guys in the group are from, from SEC country. Shane Beamer, son of former historic head coach, Virginia Tech coach, Frank Beamer, has been hired as the head coach at South Carolina. This is a great hire for... South Carolina. They've if you look at the coaching tree that they have had that he has been under, he's coached under Kirby Smart. He has coached under Lincoln Riley, coached under his father Frank Beamer, Steve Spurrier Philip Fulmer, all of those could be and possibly are Hall of Fame coaches. Dude knows what he's doing and is a great hire. He's not he's staying at Oklahoma until the end of the season, which is a a good thing for Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, but he is a great coach. And Kirby Smart in his own. Everyone talks about the Nick Nick Saban tree. Kirby Smart's getting a little tree of his own. He's got Mel Tugger over at Michigan State. He's got Sam Pittman at Arkansas. You have Scott Cogger, who's been in conversations with Vandy about becoming the head coach at Vanderbilt. So Shane Beamer coming to South Carolina, do I think it'll fix them in year one? No. South Carolina needs a lot of work. They have a true freshman, Luke Doty, at quarterback. Great quarterback. Good guy. Good quarterback. Excited to see what Shane Beaver is able to do with that program and what he will be able to do in week one and once he gets his personnel in. That's always the main thing when it comes to the coaching. Is once they get their players in, what are they going to be able to do? Because you know what you're looking for as a coach. With Mike Leach, look at Mike Leach this year at Mississippi State. He doesn't have his personnel in there to run that air raid offense. And once he gets his quarterbacks in that he needs, his receivers in that he needs, I think Mississippi State is going to be a force to be reckoned with with that air raid in the SEC, seeing how the SEC has, is seeming to be the last conference to flip to offensive powerhouses. Because from everyone knows SEC has – and predominantly been a defensive powerhouse conference. And it's, the tide is slowly turning to be more office prolific. And it's going to be fun to see in the next couple of years. So the big news that broke yesterday, though, LSU – yes, LSU – has self-imposed a bold ban for the year 2020. Y'all, they are 3-5. and 3-5 and – And they banned themselves from ball games. I I don't understand. They banned themselves through ball games. They're under NCAA investigation um, with improper booster payments. Not sure if that was the OBJ payment last year after the national championship game, or if you know the other boosters paying. You know who knows. But they're under NCAA investigation and. They banned themselves from bowls. Who knew they were going to even make it to a bowl game? Um, I don't know how the bowls are running this year. COVID, there's already been 11 cancellations when it comes to bowl games. Um, and who knows how many bowls there's going to be. And who knows if LSU would have gotten a bid in this crazy pandemic, crazy 2020 year. Their next two games, they got two games left and they're three and five. They could easily go... Three and seven. They got Florida, which they're going to lose to on Saturday. Florida's offense is one of the best, if not the best, offenses in the nation behind Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask. And then you have Ole Miss, who's not really playing for anything. And that game could easily be lost as well. So who knows if they even would have made a bowl. But (laughs) congrats, LSU. You're not going to make a bowl whether you were going to or not. You banned yourself from being a bowl. But who knows if like I said, if you would have been invited. But as y'all know, Tuesday, the third rendition of the college football playoffs were announced. And top four, nothing changed, or top six, nothing changed. You got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Your final four. Y'all have already heard my rant about Ohio State. I complete it's complete and total utter bullshit that Ohio State is number four. They haven't proven themselves to me. They haven't played – a. Te- they played one team with a winning record in Indiana, and that was a seven-point – who's my Heisman favorite? My Heisman favorite right now is Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is my Heisman favorite. It's going to be close, though, man. It's going to be close between him and Mac Jones. I feel like whoever has the better game in the SEC Championship game will end up winning that the Heisman Trophy. But I have – Kyle Trask as my Heisman favorite. That game Zach Wilson had last week against Coastal Carolina kind of bumped him out of my my um, favorites, but I'll get into that game later on. At number five, y'all have, coming in at number five, Texas A&M, six Florida. The committee's still showing that that head-to-head matchup that A&M beat Florida earlier in the season is, is weighing this move, having Texas A&M over Florida. And the big jump of the week, Iowa State moved up two spots. They jumped Cincy and Georgia, moving Cincy down to eight, and Georgia down to nine. Huge move. And huge move. So, Miami coming in at ten. On, wait I don't even know what that is, Mark, so let me know. <laughs> Y'all, so let's get into the games. Some games last week. There, there were a couple upsets. Rice upset number 21, Marshall 20 0. Marshall had the best percentage to go undefeated this season. And Rice came up and just shut that offense down. Giovanni uh, Johnson, the quarterback for Rice, only threw for 86 yards. And. They didn't really need much. Grant Wells, the quarterback for Marshall, threw five picks. Marshall couldn't get anything going on offense. This Rice defense shut them down. If you didn't watch the game, I watched some of it. The parts that I watched, it was interesting to see this Rice team play and wondering what they were able to do against this Marshall team that had the highest percentage to go undefeated. The craziest game of the week, though, last week was Arkansas and Missouri. Yo, Missouri was down 40 to 26 with 13 minutes left in the fourth. And Arkansas scored and got the two-point conversion with 43 seconds left to take the lead, right? Harrison Mavis, the Missouri kicker, kicked a 32-yard field goal as time expired for Missouri to have the craziest most epic comeback and they are now out. BYU's in the top ten. No, they were never in the top ten. They were 14th, and they jumped. They moved down to 18th. So, yeah, BYU was never in the top ten. The committee never gave them that respect that they had. Um, See, so the game was crazy. If you didn't watch the game, it was ridiculous. Missouri, congrats, man. M-O-Z-Z-O-U. Great comeback from Missouri against that Sam Pittman and Arkansas team. Texas AM, a playoff contender, a playoff caliber team had a statement win this week against Auburn. Going into Jordan Hare in Auburn is and winning is, is damn hard. It is a damn hard place to go into and win. Bo Nix is ten and two. Well, he was ten and one. That one loss coming to Georgia. He was 10-2 as a starter at home. He's been damn good at home and has been just as bad as the road. Kellen Mond, as good as Bo Nix has been at home, has been just as bad on the road. But Kellen Mond had a fantastic game. And A&M did their thing and came out with a much-needed win in Jordan Harris beating Auburn. So, the game of the week, everyone keeps asking me about. Um, Coastal Carolina, huge win over BYU. BYU, you all know I've been on the bandwagon all year, been on that BYU hype train. Coastal Carolina came out, and the Mullets ended up defeating. If you all don't know, the Mullets on Coastal Carolina's defense are phenomenal. Go look them up if you haven't looked them up. They are great. BYU had a chance to win. The receiver was stopped on the half-yard line to secure as time was winding down to secure the win for Coastal Carolina. Zach Wilson was only held at 240 yards. He had one touchdown and one interception. The interception was on a Hail Mary as time expired going into the half. And if you didn't see it, Coastal got a couple cheap shots on Zach Wilson, which caused a brawl. Right before the half, um, it was blow. It was dirty. Shouldn't have happened, but Coastal Carolina, man, they're they're a good team. The shots are a good team. Grant McCall, their quarterback, had 85 yards. That's all. That's all he needed was 85 yards to able, to be able to beat a good BYU team. Coastal Carolina, they tore it up on the ground. Maribel had 135 yards and two touchdowns, just enough to get them past. Once again, a good BYU team and a good BYU offense. Getting into the game Saturday. There's a couple rivalry games we're gonna get into, and then we'll get into some um, college basketball. UNC and Miami. It's gonna be a good game. Both teams are good. Both quarterbacks are phenomenal. If North Carolina can stop Derek King. I think Carolina is going to gonna win. Sam Howell is going to be the difference. I'm just going to go ahead and say it there. Carolina is going to win. Sam Howell is going to be the difference. UNC is only allowing 28.6 points a game. Why you have Miami who is only scoring 34.9? And that is below North Carolina averaging 41 points a game. Sam Howell has over 300,000 – or not – wow, not 300,000 – 3,000 yards passing. Like I said earlier, Sam Howell is going to be the difference in this game. Uh, UNC wins, and they cover the minus three. I have them winning by ten, at least. Battle of the Commonwealth staying in the ACC. Virginia and Virginia Tech. Another good game. I had Virginia winning this, but as I did more of a deep dive into this game, I, I see Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech wins this game. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to win it easy because it is a rivalry game and anything can happen. Like they say, throw the records out when these two teams play. It's the battle of the Commonwealth. These two teams hate each other. It's Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is allowing 33.8 points a game while only scoring 30.9. Virginia Tech has also lost four straight. Virginia has won their last four. So, I take it back. I have Virginia winning this. I know I said it earlier I had it mixed up. I have Virginia Tech winning. Once I did my research, I have Virginia winning. Uh, but I don't have them winning by a lot. I have Virginia winning. Um, I say give them the three. Virginia wins by three. It's going to be a great game. Probably one of the best games of the weekend. USC, UCLA, Battle of LA, USC is one of two unbeatens left in the Pac-12, along with Colorado. Those are the only two. Colorado and USC are the only two undefeated teams in the Pac-12. If USC wins, they clinch a spot in the Pac-12 title game. As y'all know, if y'all have been following, I had Oregon going undefeated and winning the Pac-12 but not making the playoffs, so it looks like USC will be that team for the Pac-12 to not make the playoffs. Um, I have USC winning this game, and I have them covering the two and a half. Um, I have them winning big. And, yeah, that's it. Let's get into the game. If you're watching live, the game I have behind me, Army, Navy, America's game. Y'all, I'm so hyped for this game. Love this game every year. One of my favorite games to watch. I have Army. I got Army winning, and I got them winning big. Army is disgusting this year they are so good if you've been following if you've been listening you know I've also been on the army hype train this year um, army's uniform is representing the 25th ID the hellhounds if y'all haven't seen them they look phenomenal uh, this is the first time though that the two teams army and Navy will be playing in West Point since World War II so that that's kind of cool would love to be able to go to this game I'm not far from West Point Point. Would love to be able to go to this game and see them play, but this game is so much fun to watch every year. And hopefully Army, I have Army winning, um, and I have them winning big. I have them obviously covering the seven, but I have them winning big, and I have them singing second. Go Army, beat Navy, sing second. All right, guys, so a little recap. UNC over Miami. Virginia over Virginia Tech, USC over UCLA, and Army beating Navy. So, those are my games of the week. Let's get into some basketball. There's been a lot going on in the college basketball world. What is going on in Lexington and in Durham? Kentucky and Duke are both are combined three and five on the season. Duke, when they played Michigan State, sucked. Illinois sucked. They've had horrible. Losses against good teams. And then you have Kentucky getting upset by Richmond and teams that they should be. I don't know what's going on, and and it's crazy. This 2020 season is crazy. And like I said earlier, a couple minutes ago, Duke is a young team, and you can tell. If you've watched them play this season, you can tell they are a young team, but that can't be an excuse because every year it's the same thing for Duke. So I I don't know. Maybe it's the lack of not having scrimmages, not practicing. Maybe, I, I don't know. They don't have a a definite leader out there on the court. And when it comes to Kentucky, I same thing with them. They're also a young team. I haven't seen a lot of Kentucky play this year, but they are also a young team. But once again, when you're Kentucky and you're a blue butt, you're going to have that turnover. You're going to have young teams. And Calipari and Coach K know how to deal with those young teams because they do it every year. So hopefully things can turn around in Lexington and in Durham and they can get back on the right path. But something that came out earlier today that surprised me, the Alabama head coach for basketball, Nate Oates, came out and pretty much called Coach K out. So Coach K came out in an interview and said that the NCAA should reassess playing basketball during the pandemic. And Nate Oates came out and was like, well, would he have – said this if Duke wouldn't have had those two non-conference losses at home. And if you know Duke, you know they don't lose non-conference games at home. Since 1983, they're 27-4 and four in non-conference games at home. But they have two this year against previously mentioned Illinois and Michigan State, who are both really good teams and both top 10 teams. And I don't know where Nate Oakes is coming from. Um, because I'm pretty sure if Duke were to play Alabama this year, it wouldn't even be close because it's Alabama. They're, they're not a basketball school. So who, who knows what's going on? And who knows? But the Big Ten ACC Challenge happened this past week. ACC came out of the storming league. They were 6-1 and one after the first day. Um the Big Ten ended ultimately up winning at six to five, but the one of those games was canceled against Michigan State in Virginia due to COVID. But I'm pretty sure Michigan State would have ended up winning that game, anyways, because Michigan State, like I've said before, is a damn good team. So, guys, I want to thank y'all for joining me in the live. If you've watched in the live, I want to thank y'all for listening. Over wherever you listen to podcast, at, wherever you are listening to it at, scroll to the bottom, scroll to the top, scroll to the sides, wherever. Comment. Leave a five-star review. Let me know what y'all think. Guys, like Tyler said earlier, watch College Game Day on Saturday. If you're listening to this before Saturday, I should be on there. I got invited to go be a virtual fan in their virtual pool. So, guys, I appreciate everything y'all are doing. Thank y'all so much for helping this podcast grow, for helping... The group grow. If you're listening to this and you're not part of the group, go join the group. I'll add you. Let's get it going. Let's get it out there. Guys, I love y'all. Here's to next week. See ya.